Welcome to episode 36 of the Permaculture Pimpcast, the only pimpcast out there where we discuss permaculture preparedness and practical living. How you doing, son? Good. How are you? Pretty cool to be back in the studio with my boy, my home boy. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> so the last one was an interview. Last one was an interview with Aaron T. Scott. Hope everybody liked it. Um, definitely on a ledge with that one. And I don't care because... Uh, she was dropping tactical nukes in there. And like I said, you only got a small piece of that. So let me know what you think about it all. Um, also, um, we got another interview coming up today. That's going to be the main topic of this show. But right off the bat, y'all, this episode brought to you by Hickory Ridge Soap by Two Old Crows. And you can get that at twooldcrows.com. Turn that mangy man into a sexy beast. And don't forget to tip up pimp. Go to the Fountain app, y'all. Check us out on there. That app is cool because... If you're like me and you listen to podcasts all day long, because that's, you know, there's a lot of downtime when farming. When I say downtime, it's also, it's study time while I'm working, okay? And what I'm usually doing is listening to um, podcasts. And when I do, honestly, Fountain App is probably the best way to go about it. So no matter what you're listening to, pull it up on the Fountain App and listen to it. You'll be glad you did. And plus... If you like what we're doing, you could tip us there. You can. Um, well, you also like if, no matter what the podcaster, who the podcaster is, you can pay them while you listen. And it's not like you're paying them like a crazy amount per episode. You're paying them like almost pennies if you want to. Right. But as like if that, you know, that if that person has 30,000 downloads a month and everybody's paying like pennies per episode, that adds up to an actual, you know. Yeah, something you could live on. But right, yeah, yeah, it it helps us and plus it moves us up the ranking. So check us out over there on that fountain app as well. It's a really good app because you can if you're like me, you're you're zipping through the speeds depending on why you're listening to a podcast like that. Now, if you're listening to the latest episode of Kill the Mockingbirds where uh they're going on about that crazy stuff that went on with in the studio right. with uh Oh yeah, that's what the that's not their latest episode. Uh, they had no, an episode it was the come one out be- since Right, then. it was the one before but that. Yeah, that four and a half hour episode where uh yeah, they talk about it's well, he, they went on a Tony different Yeah, it's called Nephilim Portal Babies. Yeah, man. Now if you're <laughs> listening to something like idea. that, you're not gonna triple the speed on something like that. <laughs> no. If anything, I may go one and a half, but yeah. you better believe I won't be doubling on because you're you're gonna be like, say what? What did he just <laughs> say? But anyway, check us out on the fountain app. All right, tip of the day. Get yourself some bushcraft skills, nephew. And here's what I'm getting at. All right. In the interview we have today, it's gonna be with Jason from So the Land. And we have a little collaboration coming up, and I think it's going to be really, really beneficial to all the people out there who have been asking for this. And we're going to, we made it happen, okay? It's going to be coming out on November 1st. But one of those skills just happens to be butchery. What's some other skills, uh, son? I mean, knife skills? I mean, I in mean, fact, you have something well, to talk about here in a minute. Uh, well, actually, I was just thinking, like, how to sharpen a knife. A knife doesn't do you any good if it goes dull and you can't do anything about it. Well, that's a really you good point. You probably have a basic understanding of how to sharpen a knife. And it's really not as hard as you think. It's um, it just, if you're having trouble doing it and you think you're doing everything correctly, just do it longer. Teach your mom. Teach your mom, dude. No. I, man, Dad. your mom, every <laughs> No, because when it, when, no, no, no. Because on, like, stroke 10, when she realizes it, it's not sharp yet, she's going to start pounding it on the rock and then because yeah that's just how man, she fixes y'all things have no like bam bam I, she, she yeah. fixes things like bam bam i need to call her bam bam man i seen her swinging this weed eater one time she's trying to get the string out of this thing and beating this thing up against the sidewalk man that's back when we lived in kansas she was she was blending some comfrey up in the food processor it it clogged for a second for a second, and she went banging on it. What? <laughs> yeah. That highfalutin grinder? No, the food processor. Oh, okay. The one we found at Goodwill. Man. <laughs> For oh, comfort. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm telling y'all, she could break, I mean, she could break a ball bearing. <laughs> she was it's waiting like, for Let that thing not work for a yeah. second. And the it's going to be busted. Anything. Worse than a hot dog with no mustard. Anyway, yeah, get those. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a that's a jam from way back, man. You don't know nothing about no Beastie Boys. Anyway, get those bushcraft skills. And the reason I'm bringing that up today, the video we just came out with on YouTube, it had to do with 
Well, obviously it was a chicken tractor on steroids, but there's a lot of the bushcraft skills that we do every single day on this farm that we never record. We never once in the past thought about, hey, maybe we ought to pass this on or maybe somebody find it interesting. Well, we didn't think it was the same genre for the most part. Well, I mean, it was that and like, I don't know. Yeah, we just, we didn't really, it wasn't the same genre. It wasn't, we didn't really think it was like interesting to the people that were in like watching the homestead or permaculture videos. Well, a lot of the hacks and stuff we do, like, uh, you know, for example, the one I have where it's dealing with bailing wire, where we wrap it in tape, um, you know, things I like that. You've done a no, I've done that Patreon. on Patreon. I think I've done you've done a Patreon, Patreon short. Yeah, there. I did that on Patreon a while ago, but it's things in that category where there are little yeah. hacks on your homestead. And by the way, Darren is a friend of mine, Hacks for the Homestead. You want to check him out too. Um, there's all these awesome little hacks that you do that you learn. And actually, they're, they're a derivation of bushcraft skills. For example, my shoestrings. If I had a nickel for every single time I've taken off my shoestrings, which just happened to be 550 cord, and I've used them for whatever I needed at that time. And it was one of the things in everyday carry I'm not sure I even talked about. No. But... No. It's that is a critical component of what I wear. I can't even count. For example, I'm driving down the road and I remember I was pulling some, um, I had a dump trailer and one of the eyelets on the tarp came up and right. in Texas, believe me, y'all, they will shake you down where we live. They will shake you down for the change in your pocket. The first week we moved there, I got pulled over for doing two miles over the speed limit. Yeah. I thought I was doing three miles under the speed. Your limit. Your mom got pulled over more times than I can count. And because I think I'm darker, maybe they just kind of overlooked me. I don't but, know. uh, yeah, I didn't. And plus driving an old truck. Maybe they didn't think I had any drugs on me or they didn't feel like planting any on me. But, um, point being. You know, any little reason they'll pull you over. So when the flap came up on that tarp, I'm thinking, okay, I better pull over. Had the dump trailer behind me. So I take off my shoestrings. I do a, um, well, in a situation like that, going back to the homestead knots, I did what was called a double sheet bend. And it's made exactly for that. But what did I use? I used the shoestrings that I had. There was that time we were out in the woods, and it wasn't long ago where we were putting a perimeter fence all the way around this property. And when I say we're going, hey, y'all, you have no idea the kind of terrain we got up in this place and we're thinking, okay, we got to suspend this thing somehow. Well, bam, 550 cord. We got a 330 pound roll of welded wire. Wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And I got this thing woven wire, woven wire. That's right. Um, and it's suspended by my boot strings. Well, that's a bushcraft skill that we adapted for that. I was out there with no shoestrings on. We made that video long ago, but it is those things that we do every single day that we're going to try to do a better job of exposing and showing you how to do it on YouTube. Also, we might have a little surprise in the future as far as, you know, how other people can access some of this information, because I really want to start teaching bushcraft skills. I'm a, I, everybody has their little expertise in the bushcraft worlds. You know, they're, they're jacks of all trades, but I'm one of those people where my real passion is ropes and knots. That's really what I'm, I mean, if, if there's something I really love doing, and I know it sounds simple, but everybody needs a hobby, right? Well, mine is knot tying and knowing what they do and picking the right knot for the job. You'd be shocked at how many times we use them every single day. In fact, shoestrings also, same thing where I'm doing a spellier on trees, you know? Yeah. Where I'm that using still a, has a pair of shoestrings out there. Yeah, it's sitting on that tree right now. Yep. I mean, the one right out this window that we're looking through. So get those bushcraft skills, y'all. And we're going to start covering more and more and more of that. Maybe even try to put a festival together where we that'd focus be cool. on a lot of that kind of stuff, huh? Yeah, that'd be really cool. How cool would it be to have a little gathering where we get out there and everybody just kind of cross-pollinates with some bushcraft skills? Well, and like how much time, okay, so if you had some, how much time do you, how much time do you think we save by having a basic understanding, at least a basic understanding of bushcraft skills? By not having to run back up to the house and get stuff. That's right. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because I'm using what's on me. I, yeah. I got what's on me. and it's Having gonna... a proper EDC and having, you know, knowledge of how to use that. Yeah, but I may not have shoestrings when I go back, but at the same time, you, you know. You can get them at the house. That's right. I can go back there, cut myself <laughs> off some more. Well, good luck on five, finding 550 these days, man. I mean, it, especially in yeah. tactical colors, unless you want fluorescent orange or something. But, yeah. Yeah. The big thing is we're going to try and more and more we're going to, we're still, it's all permaculture, make no mistake about it. And I'm going to show you how we can weave permaculture into this stuff. So stay tuned for all that. All right, son, your mama was sick the last couple of days. Yep. 
Well, and then keeping her down, y'all, it's just something else, man. Yeah, and it came all of a sudden, too. Yeah, she ate some yogurt, and then next thing you know, I mean, she's laid up. I mean, like, in the bed. And then it turns out I hear I hear uh, Pinball Preparedness talking about him having the same exact symptoms. Um, well, it looks like she's on the men now. She she's ate the finally, yogurt and then had issues? It's what it seemed like, but it, her issues didn't seem like typical food poisoning mm-hmm. or anything like that. So, yeah, she's on the men down there right now. Now she's eating some soup that uh, Emily made. Yeah, yeah, uh, she made pumpkin soup today. Wow. But not how I thought. Yeah. Well, I was it, thinking it was going to be like a pureed pumpkin uh, type soup, but it's not. It's like a, almost like a stew. Hmm. Well, we'll try it out. Yeah. Well, check this out. Um, it's so dry up here right now, man. I'm not, folks, I'm not, I'm not trying to do a hard sale or nothing like that. I'm just saying it's so dry. We had a tiny bit of rain the other day. And so making bone sauce right now may not, I don't know, man. It yeah. looks like we got rain coming later this year. Well, bone sauce right now is going to be pretty limited anyway because we're in the fire season right now. It's dry. We can't be burning. I mean, we can't be catching the mountains on fire because people want bone sauce. So yeah, yeah we, we can't do that or else bone sauce ends permanently Yeah, because we went to jail. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna try to sneak That's the in the last arson. Yeah, no kidding. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. William actually caught that dude down there setting the fire. That's a whole nother story. I think we did a video on yeah, it. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so you were out there getting comfy. Today. No, no, dead. Oh, no, you today. Mean, oh, yeah, today. Yeah, uh, yeah, got a whole a whole bunch of comfy today. Okay. Um, knocked out the rest of the food forest. So the food forest has been harvested for the most part. Minus like a couple more plants. Well, the garage is a mess and still playing catch up, y'all. That's the one downside of going to festival after festival. I mean, so many things are so far behind out here, but we're not complaining because number one, I live the life I love. I'm doing what I love. And um, it's just the nature of the beast. So sometimes when you do this, when, and then this Saturday, of course, we got that, um, what is it? Uh, concealed carry class, right? Yeah, the concealed carry class this Saturday. That's sold out. But if you do want to sign up for, the one, oh crap! It's linked down in the description. Um, but there's another one, uh, December, November tenth, I think. Okay. Um, we'll my wife get... is going to be doing that one. Yeah, along with your somebody, mom, and, along with mom. Yeah, yeah. So she's not going to be at this next one, but William and I and Kendra will be there. And uh, yeah, really oh, looking. Kendra shot for the first time yesterday. Oh well, how she did liked that go? it. I think that that got rid of a lot of her fear. Not fear. Well, yeah, fear. It got rid of a lot of her fear about shooting guns because she just didn't even know what to expect. I mean, if your only experience is like movie theaters and they're blasting halfway back, or like worst case scenario clips on uh, YouTube, um, you know. But yeah, she shot the twenty two first, the M and P fifteen, right, and then she shot mom's. Uh, Conceal carry that nine millimeter. No, that yeah, that uh, Glock forty two. No, oh, is it a three eighty? Yeah. yeah, that's a Glock forty two. I think. Um, yeah, so we'll get her out there. We'll go ahead and 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 plus, it'll be really cool for her to try out some different weapons out there. See what she likes to, yeah, you know, see what she feels comfortable with. And well, the cool thing about that place is that you can go there and try. It. Like they want you to find the gun that works best for you. You can go out there and try whatever gun you need to. Mm. Well, I'll be taking that Glock nineteen. Is that what you're going to use? The other? I figured, yeah. Yeah, or, you know or, what? I got if my you're not going to bring that LCP, I'll use that. No, that's my LCP. Well, then, are there you going to use like it or There are many like it, not? but that one is mine. Are you going to use it or not? Yeah, I'll think about it. I'm probably going to use it. Well, <laughs> let me know soon. I'm probably going to use it, man. I mean, I, I, you know. This is in two days. Dad. I got a lot more 9mm than I got 380, so. Um, plus, I love that little no, thing, man. No, we just, just, we, there's two boxes that we just got for the 380, or, yeah, the, for that 380. Yeah, well, it's going to be me out there. I remember the first time I ever did that with your mom. We went there with this old guy. Uh, man, he's gone now. He's uh, He's passed away. His name, man, I can't think of his name. He was a, he was real big in the prepper community back in Kansas. I know I know Darren would probably remember who he was. Jerry, that was his name. Old Jerry, man, he'd had this cowboy hat. We're out there with a bunch of these wannabe gangbangers, and they're holding the weapon sideways like they do in the <laughs> movies. And they're holding it, and they're not just – they're pointing at the target, and this target is so close that you've got to be Stevie Wonder to miss it. <laughs> and um, I'm telling you what, man, they, they're holding this thing sideways, and they're holding it up in the air on the range because you got to qualify when it's all said and done. <laughs> These guys didn't even hit the target, man. They're like, boom, boom, holding it sideways. And then they were the only guys, I think, that didn't pass in that course. So, wow. 
Yeah, I mean it's so insanely Which, close. So the cool thing about this course is if you don't if you don't pass, you get another one for free. You get to try it again for free. Man. They just and they don't want you to you know go out there shooting the wrong people or shooting the wrong objects well, or whatever. Well, in addition to that, I'd love to get training, uh, get Kendra, uh, get all the ladies. In fact, every one of us. I mean, go get some additional training out yeah. there because I know I'm I'm really good with the rifle. And that's my preferred tool. But honestly, in the Army, you didn't ever really get any uh, real handgun training. So I know what your uncle taught me. And uh, he was he's actually a pretty well-trained shooter and everything. I just want to go get some other training. I mean, I, there's, there's so many different things, you know, um, we could actually do there in terms of training. So I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to the world news, or at least the news that affects you. Everybody out there, I'm not going to spend forever and a day on this. At least I say that every time, but this time I'm going to be successful. All right, here's one right here. Americans are skipping meals because they can't afford food as Biden's food inflation fiasco gets even worse. All right, son. So what they're saying here, um, well, basically this Nationwide Retirement Institute reveals that nearly a quarter of young Americans or young people skip meals or didn't buy groceries because of the high inflation. So over the last, I mean, in a nutshell, what this article is basically saying is everybody's good night, man. They're cutting back in a big kind of way. Do you think it's to that point yet? Or do you think that they're just uh, trying to get everybody scared? Or do you think they're pushing fear? Well, I'm in these grocery stores. I had to go today to go get something or another for your mom. I can't remember what. And I'll put it this way, man. I'm looking at bones. I I remember walking through there. And of course, I'm not buying the meat or anything. I'm just kind of looking at the prices and carrying on. And I'm over there, and I'm looking at like, um, like what they're calling soup bones, or basically femurs and stuff yeah. from a cow, or even asabuco, which they call soup bones, but it's it's asabuco. In fact, you know, it's actually that's another story altogether. But anyway, they got it there in a case, and they're selling this stuff for as much as meat was costing a year ago, and that's for the bones. Yeah. So yeah. I know the inflation's going up. I know things are getting crazier, but that's all the more reason why I'm asking everybody get out there. You know. Go, that's figure another out how to reason. dress a freaking squirrel for crying out loud. Well, that's another reason you need to get to know farmers like us. Yeah. That's why, like, people who are hedging their farm against the inflation, who are, like, either growing their own feed or getting their own feed for free, the ones that aren't affected by the, the inflation. That's where you need, and reliable source. Well, I remember Gerald Salenti. I interviewed him years ago when I was doing radio work, and even back then he was talking about G, GC's three Gs, which... Gerald Salenti's three G's, which was gold, guns, and a getaway plan. Well, in addition to that, if you read his Trends Journal, um, you also find out, I mean, he he and his the people working with him saw this coming, I mean, a decade and a half ago that we were going to be at this place and that one of the most valuable things you could have was a farm. Or, look, just remember, if you do have a farm, or if you don't have a farm, if you have a backyard, folks, you got a farm. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit. There's one of the questions in the Q&A is going to lead people right back to Eric Sider. And, folks, if you're not, if you're living in suburbia, you're living in suburbia, you have got to check out Eric Sider's YouTube channel. Yeah. He's yeah. covering, I mean, even when he was living in an apartment, keep in, keep in mind, he is a formidable permaculture designer. I even reference him in today's YouTube video. He's a formidable permaculture designer worked all over the world right hand man to jeff lawton for a long time and uh he was actually the one that pulled the strings to get william over to australia right good friend of the family good friend of ours and he has done astonishing things whether you're in an apartment balcony it doesn't matter or now if you're in suburbia in a very inhospitable place like in the part he's in in california where he is doing things that are really unbelievable and he has the best permaculture shirts on the planet man you got that right in fact i told i told your mom to go ahead and order every single thing he had right now (laughs) yeah i'm wearing one right now always be composting but going right back to that article the big thing that we ought to be taking away from this remember we're not selling fear we're selling how to we didn't just tell you that we told you the solution okay we didn't just give you the article you'll notice every single time we tell you a problem we're giving you at least one solution sometimes two so no matter where you are, you think, oh, I can't do it or I'm behind the curve. Guess what? The other day we showed you how with 100 bucks you can feed yourself for a long time and not just eating 2,000 calories a day. It was bare bones, but it was something. And then in addition to that, we showed you, we're, we're telling you about how Eric is doing this in suburbia and he is doing it in a place where it's really not all that friendly. The conditions aren't wonderful. 
and he is still making it happen. These are the people you ought to be listening to, not the ones out there saying, get these five things or you're going to die. Look at the people who are giving you solutions. People like my friend and mentor, Danny at Deep South, him and Miss Wanda, they're out there giving you real deal solutions. We are offering as many solutions as we possibly can. Now, we got one more. We got one more article, and then William's going to talk about a giveaway we got coming up. All right, Washington fertilizer plant burns due to... <laughs> Burns to the ground, and uh, the locals are told to shelter in place. Okay, here we go. Yet another one hits the ground, man. Son, do you think this is just a coincidence? No. You sure no. you're not a coincidence theorist? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? I think everybody else is just morons. If you don't believe that, if you don't notice the coincidences now. I mean, every, you have how many food manufacturing plants just go to the ground, and it all happens like 2 o'clock in the morning. We got all these uh, nitrogen-based, primarily fertilizer plants to go down. We got that one in Florida. Um, they can't even mix base. it up. They can't even mix it up. They can't go. They just do like a block of all the same thing at the same time. Like, oh, here's a bunch of mass shootings in a row. Oh, here's a bunch of here's a bunch of animals die in a row. Oh, here's a plague all in a row. Oh, then here's terrorists all in a row. It's like blocks. They can't even like That's mix a good it up. Point. You know why? You know why they don't care to. Is honestly because they don't have to. Exactly, exactly. I mean, they don't even. I, I think honestly, they're sitting back. The powers that shouldn't be, they're sitting back, saying, "Hey, let's see just how ridiculous we can make this. Yep. Let's see just how ridiculous we can make this before they finally wake up." All right. So the the solution to all that, as far as the fertilizer, y'all. What son? What's up? Make your own fertilizer. There you go. How do yeah. you do that? Compost. Compost. You can do that with animals. Just. Pooping on pasture. There you go. Or you can do that with the chicken tractor on steroids. It's all. So there you go. There's the problem. There's the solution. All right, son, what do you got? We have a free knife giveaway. All right. So the knife is a fixed blade Spyderco uh, Bow River knife in a Kydex sheath with a Molly clip on it. It's also a uh, belt clip as well. And the cool thing about this clip is that you don't have to take your belt off to put this on. But it's, uh, it's not like a, you don't just slide it on. You actually like. There's clips and it's pretty secure, but you don't have to take your belt off to put it on. Um, I went ahead and sharpened it, so I know it's sharp. And the way you enter to get this knife is by leaving a five-star review between now and the next podcast. We'll pick one of the, we'll pick the, I don't know if it's going to be the funniest, the most interesting or whatever kind of review. It's up to you guys. Just leave a review, a five-star review between now and the next podcast. Man, I can see some of this now, dude. Somebody's yeah, going to say. Yeah, somebody's going to get crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> Billy left to have my love child or something. Somebody's else. definitely going to try to get our attention. And yeah, <laughs> somebody's going <laughs> to. Yeah, so try to make it at least five-star, y'all. Yeah. What we're trying to do is get the, get the word out about the podcast because it's not like podcasts aren't like youtube where there's suggested podcasts and stuff like that not many people go to their home screen on their podcast app and look through look look for new podcasts or anything like that um so one way we're trying to do that is trying to get the algorithms to notice that our podcast is getting a lot of attention all at once well and it is i mean it's growing it's like this is the area where i was uh i was talking to aaron t scott yesterday i think it was and um you know, we were talking about maybe some show ideas and things to do in the future. In the end, here's what I'm, here's what we're really trying to do for YouTube. We're trying, not trying to be milk toast. I'm never going to be that, but we're trying to leave it as a means of instruction. We're trying to show people how to do and how to live this lifestyle, how we do it anyway. Of course, there's a lot of other people out there doing it their own way, but this is the way we do it. And maybe you can cut and paste and find what you think is absorb, absorbable about what we have. But the podcast, this is where you're going to hear exactly what I think. There's even It's even on a lighter note. I mean, there's really not a lot of structure in here. William and I get a couple of topics we're going to talk about. We do put some work into it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm researching this stuff, and I'm finding out, and I'm seeing what I think is important. And we bring it to you. And we're doing things that I think that are also helpful. So it supplements, to a certain extent, the YouTube. And I'm okay with that, man. I mean, but this is where, if we're going to have... If we're going to be really, really, really keeping it real, we used to do our version of Danny's Front Porch Talk. Yep. And uh, it was popular. So other people would say, well, why don't you keep doing that? Well, we might, you know, depending on the subject. But honestly, I love this podcast format where I don't have to bite my tongue. I can say exactly what I'm thinking. Yep. So with that said, y'all. Well, hold on. Before that, 
if you want to find out who wins, listen to the next episode. There you go. Yeah. You do want to know that. But, yeah, leave those reviews, y'all. Five stars what I'm talking about. All right. With that said, I'm going to get into an interview that I did yesterday with Jason from So The Land. Right. All right, y'all been waiting for this for a while. I'm with my man, my homeboy, Jason from So The Land, first ever in-studio guest. How you doing, bro? Yeah, man. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. What do you think about what do you think about Billy's Jungle Palace of uh <laughs> I was gonna call it Billy's Jungle Palace of Love, but I ain't about to say it with you in the room with me. No, it's good, man. No, yeah. I, no, this is fun. Like, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, i feel privileged to be here. <laughs> no, man, it's it's a real joy, bro. Um folks, just so you know, um when I was considering where I wanted to go and where we wanted to settle down forever in a day, I sent out a bunch of emails to a lot of different people. There was Jason, and honestly, the only two people that ever responded to my, um, you know, like I said, I was considering, hey, I want to find my forever home. There was only two people that ever responded to my emails that lived out here, and they had YouTube presence. One was Jason. The other was uh, Meg at um, at the uh, Holler Homestead, and they were the only two that responded, and Jason, I actually hit him up about giving me a consultation to figure out whether or not this was a place I wanted to live. And then by the time I was done with it, I was like, okay, yeah, this seems like definitely someplace I want to check out. But since that time we moved out here, I mean, he and his family, man, they went out of our way to invite us to their church. And we spent a lot, you know, time together and hanging out and all this kind of good stuff. And then lo and behold, Jason moves away. <laughs> yeah. Don't found yourself in the low country and it's a beautiful spot down there. Totally different weather. And we get to see each other from time to time. But today, Jason came over for um, a pretty cool reason. And that reason being that we've combined. We put our resources together. We put basically my know-how as a butcher and Jason's know-how as a extraordinary storyteller and somebody with extraordinary attention to detail to put together a pretty cool thing. Jason, you want to tell them what that is? Yeah. So we created a online homestead pig butchery course. This is something that I've been wanting to do for a while. And I felt like Billy was perfect, perfect people here to, to collaborate with because um, he helped us with our two pigs last year. And, you know, we're, we're kind of new to, to larger animals and especially like processing our own animals on our homestead. So having him out helped us greatly. So I, while he was there, I was just thinking like, man, how can we collaborate in the future? And it's like, man, let's, let's do an online course. And Billy's a great teacher and helped us out. So we thought maybe we, we need to bring an online course so we could bring it to the people, you know, and uh, have it available to everybody. So yeah, that's what we came up with. And, um, you know, it, it's, it goes live on November 1st and, um, it's just going to be all online. And, and we created 11 different videos, uh, original content, um, of processing a pig from start to finish. I mean, we, we go through like what kind of gun to use, what kind of ammo, what kind of knife, uh, what kind of bone saw to use tables and all this stuff. And, and, and also where to get them. We talk about that. I mean, I mean, in great detail, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, one of the big things that I was so pleased with, folks, I'm so excited right now because today I finally saw the finished product when Jason came over to the house and we were doing a couple of promotional videos for when we're kicking this thing off. Like he said, it's going to be November 1st. And when I saw what my expectations were, were very, were something rudimentary, like something I put together. And I'd seen, of course, Jason's chicken butchery video, which you can still get. And I think he even exceeded what was happening there because you put together a PDF of a how-to guide that people can print off for themselves and they can go through step-by-step -step watching the video, looking through the guide, looking at all the marks that you need. But the beautiful thing about this, folks, what I was hoping to do forever in a day is to not, in fact, we were just having this conversation the other day that I am tired of doing classes where 
in the past when I would do classes, it would just be people in there that, that wanted pictures for their Facebook page or something to put on Instagram. And frankly, I'm just not at all interested in teaching those people anymore. So if you do any, as a little side note, folks, you come any future uh, classes that I'm doing in person, I'm going to request actually, Jason, that people, that only serious people that really want to process animals and teach others only show up. But that's what's the beauty about this course we put together is that it's not intended to make somebody just merely conversational. This course is designed absolutely designed to turn out butchers. I wanted to be able to put together a course where a person can watch this, do it themselves, do it with their family, and then turn back around and then teach their own courses. We're teaching the people we intend to teach. That's exactly what this whole thing is about. And there was no way I don't have nobody in my house. I mean, I'm a walking Luddite as everybody knows out there, but I did not have the technological prowess to be able to make this happen. Jason, on the other hand, not only is he a formidable homesteader, um, but he's also a formidable storyteller. He's also a formidable teacher in his own right. And I'm like, okay, we're friends. He hit me up about doing this, and I'm like, okay, man, I'm all over it as long as I know that we're going to put out people out there that can be able to do this from start to finish. And the beauty about what you've done and what we've done collectively is that we did it all with hand tools. And... We selected, elected, and we elected to skin this pig as opposed to scalding it, which we're, you're telling in the future, Jason, we're going to add that as an addendum, right? Yeah, we're going to definitely add the scalding portion of it later on, probably, probably in, within the year for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, but for now, we wanted to keep it where bare bones, right? Like That's just, right. Just whatever we have on hand, you know, we're homesteaders, like... Both you and I don't have a tractor. No. You know, if, if you're going to scald a pig, you need to figure out how you're going to lift that pig high enough over the at least a 55-gallon barrel of hot water, and you got to heat the water up. So that's like a – I mean, that's it's dangerous. That's infrastructure, too. <laughs> infrastructure that a lot of people don't have. Right, right. It's not, it's not easy. And so we feel like by skinning it, that brings it down to – just the bare bones of things. That's right. It makes it available. It it opens you up to a technique that you can apply no matter the animal. Because a pig is the only animal you're ever going to scald. I mean, think about that. It really is the only animal you're going to scald. So we give you a technique in skinning, showing you, because if you can skin a pig, I promise you all, you can absolutely skin anything else. The pig is the hardest animal you're ever going to skin. And there's easier and there's easy ways to do it, easier ways to do it. And we're going to show you that also, hopefully, in some future videos. But Jason, do they get this for a year? How long do they have access to this? Yeah, I mean, this is lifetime access. So we both, be, me and Billy, decided, like, you know what? We need to give this, you know, one-time fee. You have lifetime access of everything. I mean, we're talking about, you know, step-by-step -step guide, all the videos. Um, also, Billy threw in some recipe recipes in there, even, like, I had made a, um, I actually made this thing last year. You can find it on our YouTube videos, but it's actually a pig hoist. I mean, this thing was like 14 feet Yeah, that tall. thing was something else. I mean, it's all made out of two by sixes and two by fours, but like, this is because I had no tree, I had no barn, I had no tractor, and I needed to lift this pig up high enough to scald it, and, and I made this thing, and, and I made plans for it. So, you know, that takes the guesswork out of a lot of things that were given to people in this course so that way if you don't have all those things hey you can make this hoist and lift up this pig high enough to either scald it or, or skin it and you had to invent that technology to come up with that horse but the cool thing about it is it's included in this package yeah oh yeah it's a it's a plan like a dimensional plan step by step how to do that yep, that's step all by step. see that's the going rate out there right now for any pig processing class i mean some of them um wow some of the ones that are offering not anywhere near this much is sometimes going for 500 bucks. And I don't think you get anywhere near as much. This course, you're going to absolutely see that pig on all four legs. We're going to show you the proper way to dispatch. And we're going to show you how to do that. We're going to show you what weapon. We're going to show you dragging this thing out of the woods and the way we go about doing it and an easy way of doing it. In a, and we're working in very, very difficult terrain. I mean, we live literally on the side of a mountain. So we're showing you the worst possible circumstances in getting this done. And then we're using what we have on hand. We didn't, we don't have a tractor. Like Jason says, 
We have to come up with other ways of doing it. And we're going to show you through this video how to do that. And then not only gutting and skinning the animal step by step, how to break it into primals, how to break it into cuts. And then finally, how to, this is one area I think a lot of people miss is that we're showing you how to package this thing in, in a way that a butcher would where it's flat, where you can get a lot of it into a freezer and also at the time where it won't get freezer burned. There, for this same course out there, there are people charging a lot of money. We are charging less than half to make that happen. And what's the golden price there, Jason? Yeah, we're starting at two twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's lifetime access, like I said, like yeah, of everything. Yeah, I know. There's going to be people out there saying, "Oh, that's too much." Well, go out there and find. I I defy anybody out there to go find a course where you get more for the money. You ain't going to find it. I know because I teach this class. Well, like you said, like the goal for the class was. You know, if you buy the course, you have lifetime access to it. You go, you use this course to butcher your own pig on your homestead or farm or land. And then after you've got that one pig that you did yourself under your belt, you can actually teach a course yourself. Yes. By using, you know, this online course plus your, your knowledge of that one pig. And then you're teaching others in your community. That's the problem with a hands-on. Jason, that's one of the biggest problems I've had with doing the in-person classes is that I'll teach some people and then I'll see them at the very next class thinking, okay, well, what did I, what did we miss here? And it wasn't that they missed anything. It's just too much information for somebody to possibly put together and, and walk away. This way we eliminate that. So if we do an in-person class where you spend X amount of money for, well, you're getting three times, maybe four times the value because number one, it's, it's lower priced. It's way more value for the money. And you have the benefit of being able to recognize, okay, what are my primal cuts here? What cut do I make first? How do I do this? You can go through this over and over and over again. And like Jason said, we, I'm not interested in putting out lifelong. Well, we all need to be lifelong students. I'm not looking to put out lifelong apprentices. I want to put out journeymen journey women. I want to put out people that can take this information, apply it, and then do your own classes. We're at a time in America where it is becoming more consequential every single day. Prices of everything are going through the roof. Everybody knows it. And then the worst part about it is good luck going to find a place where you can find a butcher house and get a butcher date in the parameters and the times you need. Well, guess what? You can remove them. You can remove them from the equation. And then now I was just at the last festival where a guy, I'm still floored by this, brought in two pigs and they charged him $1,000 for processing. $1,000 for processing and he almost certainly got back somebody else's bacon. And he was pretty sure about that. So we're eliminating all that hassle. Yeah, is it going to require something from you? Yeah, anything worthwhile is going to require something. So that's exactly what we are... Um, that's exactly what, why we're telling you about this. It isn't a way for us to simply aggrandize ourselves. We are offering more value than you're ever going to find for a course like this. And if you want, if you want it, we're going to leave it in the show description below. We're going to advertise it also on YouTube. We're going to put the clarion call out there as far and wide as we possibly can to get as many people involved in this as we possibly can. Is there anything else you want to add, Jason? Yeah, I just want to add that, you know, for a course like this, you know, some people might say like, well, I'm just going to go look on YouTube and find some, yeah. some things. On it, right? <laughs> and I, I completely understand that, you know, you don't want to pay for something like this. You'd rather just go find it for free somewhere. Um, but if you want, like I'm talking, this course is like no fluff, you know, it's just straight. To yeah. The point, I love that. Straight to the point content. Mm -hmm. Like it just starts from the get go. Like it's not, you know, I know Billy likes to entertain, yeah, I do. You <laughs> well, got to. But I had to keep Billy focused. That's right. When we we're when we we're filming this, I was like, Billy, Billy, okay, let's focus. That's right. Let's just let's just do it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But it's like just the facts, ma'am. There's no fluff in this. I don't yeah. have to entertain. It's not like a YouTube right. video where I feel like I have to package my information with entertainment. You're right. Right, and it's also you know you can watch all these YouTube videos. You can you know say you get all the books. You get you you look at the websites and you watch the videos, and you're like, what's the next step? What, what's the next level? And the next level is, is buying a course like this. Yeah. You know, and then you feel comfortable, go do it yourself in person. Then you get your hands dirty and you get that pig and you butcher that pig. 
And then what's the next level after that? Well, now you have experience and then maybe you could teach some classes. Maybe you could like, or, you know, just share your knowledge with your neighbors. You know, that's the next level. That's exactly what I'm hoping happens. I mean, I want this, I honestly hope this thing goes far and wide to the point where I can't even do an in-person butchery course and have people pay for it. I'm hoping that happens because at the end of the day, if we had just one person in our circles, whether in your uh, mutual assistance group or with other, you know, the other homesteads you may team up or forward up with, I'm not, I'm not interested in just putting out people that are going to know, you know, I might know how to do this. I might know how to that. No, 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 no. This thing is so comprehensive. And like Jason said, um, I have a tendency, especially in YouTube videos to want to entertain to a certain extent to, insert information that might not be easy to digest. Well, he took all that out of it. I mean, there's no fluff. There's no, there's an intro, but man, when I saw the extent of where he just gets right down to the facts, I'm like, okay, well, people are going to love this and they're going to love the detail. They're going to love everything you did about it, Jason. I mean, I can't, bro, I can't thank you enough for making this possible. No, and, man, thank uh, you for wanting to collaborate on this. I think, I think, I think it's perfect, actually. Well, tell everybody where they can go to find you. I mean, obviously, many people know you already, but for those that don't, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, we're on uh, SoTheLand.com. We have our own website, and we are also SoTheLand on YouTube. We've been doing YouTube videos for, geez, I think six years now. Wow. And, uh, you know, we're just sharing our story of leaving the California and moving out in more rural area in North Carolina and uh, just trying to make it work and doing, trying to just actually do what we love. That's, that, that's that's what I'm talking about. And that is just basically just what we're all doing. I think is just growing food and building stuff. Yeah. Over yeah. and over and over again. And the best <laughs> part showing others how to do the very same thing. Right. Exactly. How cool is that y'all? Jason from Sow the Land. Thanks for being here, homie. Yeah, man. Thanks. We're back. <laughs> well, there we go. Okay, hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed that little time with Jason. So who picked the music, Dad? Well, it wasn't me. I can guarantee that. <laughs> now, that second one, I didn't mind so much because I know that's Van Tesla. So but the that first, first one, one, I have... What, what was he even all right, saying, So there's man? a few connections. All right, so Mom picked the music. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and blame her for yeah, a second. go ahead. Yeah, so Mom picked the music, but Tech 9 was the number one independent artist for a while. Um, I think he still might be. He may have getting gotten knocked down by Tom McDonald, Tom McDonald, that we played before. Um, but he's uh, also from Kansas City, Missouri. Man, I can't understand anything these guys are saying. Yeah, anyway, he's also man. the fastest rapper. Oh, gee. So yeah. I'm just you know, well, just what man. somebody wants on a tombstone, right? Anyway, the second one was uh, Joel and Sean from. Uh, Van Tesla and Sean Chris from Sean Chris. Yeah, I actually like that. That was their version of country music, wasn't it? Yeah, you know what I also noticed in that song? Huh. How easy it is to fake a twang. Because Joel didn't have a twang, but he obviously faked the twang for the country song because oh. he did a country song. Yeah, see, and that's yeah. the thing that used to burn me up. You know, if you listen to old which, country, which I love. I, I think Joel did awesome in this. No, it I was just, he did too. I wonder if it was a slight towards country music as well. I, I don't know. Yeah, they, didn't, they didn't used to sing. You know, back when uh, Waylon Jennings and all the other ones were around, man, they didn't purposely sling with this twang that they got now. I don't even understand this new garbage. I don't even consider it country music. I like the old stuff. Where it used to tell a story, it was actually written by the people who sang it the whole nine yards, man. Justin dreams in his twang. <laughs> <laughs> That's as real as you can get. All right, so I guess you're going to be looking on your end. I'll be looking on mine. Okay, yep. we got the first one from Jacques, and he asked, what breed of meat chickens do you raise? Okay, Jacques, we... um. Well, right now we got meat, we got uh, ginger broilers. I'm glad you asked this question because it goes right back to that thing I was talking about before as far as the... Uh, Preparedness components. All right. Um, we bought these, and it was more for a demonstration. Actually, the whole reason we even did chicken a chicken tractor on steroids this time of year for meat, even though we don't need the chicken, was we need the compost. And the reason why is we sat here and raised, uh, or we picked up that bag soil. The stuff was awful. We were in a bind. We thought we got good stuff. It was junk. And um, 
We need to compost, hopefully, to correct it. And compost, like Jeff Lawton always teaches, it, you know, it ties up the toxins. It doesn't make it disappear, but it makes it inert. So that was the experiment. And it looks like it's working out quite well. So we took that good bomb compost. But going back to the birds, here's what we're going to do from here on out. Right now, we got those store-bought ginger broilers. If I remember right, they may have been five bucks a bird. But when you consider the total cost of the system that we use as far as a chicken tractor on steroids, and you consider the compost that was made, and compost, I mean, supposedly really, really good compost around here is going for like 80 bucks a yard. Well, we got this stuff somewhere. I mean, this is light years better than anything you could hope to buy. If you added all of that up, we are money and money and money ahead on these birds. So from here on out, we're not going to do any more of those kind of demonstrations. We got some good, good sized, big bodied birds, and we're going to go ahead and hatch them out next time. Next time we want some barnyard pimp, we're going to go ahead and hatch them out and then run them through. Yeah, we got a whole lot of uh, questions on the fountain app. Oh man! All right. Um, saw your. This is from A A Yon or something. You know who you are. I don't know how to pronounce that though. Uh, saw your bucket shortage video and was wondering your thoughts on using smaller mylar bags. While you wouldn't be able to store as much, you would have smaller, or you would have meal size amounts when you were using what you store and replacing later down the road. I don't know if that's the same person, but I got an email. Um, maybe we're going to answer this twice, but yeah. This is an acronym, not a name. Well, this one here came in. I thought I thought it was a pretty good idea. Where I think what he was suggesting suggesting was take the mylar and stick, let's say a bag of beans in there, a bag of rice, leave them whole. I suppose you could do that and then just throw the mylar bag in there along with it. That way you got it all under one bucket. I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. Well, this one was saying like doing just small meal size bags in the bucket. Absolutely. I, yeah. I see no reason why you couldn't do that. I think it's actually, it's funny, but man, great well, minds think alike because I kind of got the same sort of uh, question on my end. Maybe not meal size because like maybe size that you would get in the store. Maybe that size, because that size doesn't go bad before you use all of it, especially in the times we're talking about. It's not going to go bad before you use it. it but it's it's not. It's definitely less likely to go bad than a uh, five gallon mylar. The bucket beauty bag. about it is, it's you can customize it to do whatever right. you want. And this, think about it. These videos are less important for what we say than for what it makes you think. That's really the bigger part of all this. Yeah. All right. This or you might not want to store it in five-gallon buckets. You might want to store it in ammo cans. Good. And then you could alter your mylar however well, you want I don't, to. I don't know how well that – I don't know how well the oxygen absorber is going to work in something like that. I just mean a different shaped um, container. I see. Yeah. All right. So check this one out. Uh, Red Lab Woodworks, we kind of got to them last time, and I missed the question. There was a question in there, and I walked right <laughs> past it. He says, my question is, there, are there other bioaccumulators besides comfrey worth planting? Yeah, we, we grow a lot of them, and frankly, we don't talk enough about them. Uh, yarrow, chicory. Stinging nettle. Uh, yeah, we got that horseradish, uh, borage, fennel, dandelion. Mullen, we got plenty of mullen out yeah, there too. Yeah, mullen just pops up around here. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of them out there. So sorry I missed your question last time, but yeah, there's additional stuff out there. Back to you, son. Um. Oh, Robin Holstein. Uh, she had a comment in a previous episode, but she said her uh, podcast Holstein House is up, and she'd love to interview us uh, whenever we get a chance. Um, but there was uh, another comment that I saw. TNT Mom said Dan Bongino is doing parallel economy. I know Tim Pool switched over, um, so that's that's a good. I'll have to look into to it look because into we were it. we were talking about before um, as far as all the stuff that was going down with um, who's that uh, PayPal, PayPal, yeah. yeah, all that stuff going down with them. Dan Bongino had talked about it months ago, back when I used to listen to him. I kind of jumped off of listening to Bongino because it's just basically, in some ways, what I don't like about Bongino is that he only goes about maybe 70% there and then leaves the other part out. Which is still lying. To a certain extent. I mean, I, or it's maybe one he's, thing of knowing the crowd isn't ready for certain things yet. Well, I, I can't speak to his intent. That's the thing. Right. I can't speak to his intent, so I don't know that he's lying. I just know that I'm like, okay, why listen to a guy who's going to get me 70% there when I know there are people out there like, let's say, Stu Peters that are going to go the whole way. Exactly. And he gets pissed when, the, when he has somebody on that won't go the whole way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my, man. He'll take him to the woodshed, nephew. That's why, that's why Stu Peters, I mean, if there's one program I listen to every day, it's definitely that one. So on my end... Um, this one is actually going to tie right back into Eric. He says, hi, Billy. I'm limited to space, so therefore, this is from Danny, by the way. 
Uh, therefore, can't rotate my chickens like you guys. But I'm wondering if the chicken tractor on steroids method will work just the same just by rotating piles. My chicken pen is approximately 25 feet wide and 50 feet long. Hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. This is exactly this. This is one of the biggest questions I get because most one of the biggest questions I get, too. Yeah. But see, most people in America are not on wide acreage like us. And so you're going to have to find ways to scale it down unless you're checking out somebody like Eric Sider, who is basically I mean, the guy has worked in every environment you can possibly imagine, except maybe the Arctic, I guess. Um, And who knows? I mean, where he's originally from, I guess you could say he actually worked there as well. Um, If you if you you got to take the right dog to the hunt, you could take everything we're doing, you can scale it down. And yes, your idea is not bad, but you definitely want to check out what Eric's doing. And we're going to do a lot more focusing on him and talk to him even more. He's a good friend. He's a loyal, honest dude, makes the best permaculture t-shirts out there. And he is so, he sleeps, dreams, bleeds permaculture. And I'm, yes, he does. He's one of those people that, you know, I can't wait for the world to know about. So when we get around to maybe doing festivals or whatever the case may be, we're definitely going to be getting Eric a plane ticket. Got a question from the Ellenders on Fountain App, um, Fountain FM. Good stuff. Enjoyed recent tip on Mimosa. Anywhere we can get a good list of nitrogen fixtures by zone. Um, the back of Gaia's Garden has a really, really good plant list. There's a the- lot of there's a lot of permaculture designers out there that poo-poo that book. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it is one of the most helpful books out there. But also just pay attention to what legumes are growing, like leguminous trees are growing around you. Um, and you don't have to find a bunch. Of, you don't have to get a bunch of diversity as far as your uh, nitrogen fixtures go. If you find one that does very well and fulfills the function you need on your farm, just plant a bunch of that if you need to. If if you can, you want to try to get some kind of... Like we have mimosa, black locust, red buds, um. Uh, what false was indigo. Blue, yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, we have quite a few different varieties as on the farm. As far as the trees go, yeah. But at first, we started with just black locusts because that's all we had at first. Well, I'm trialing. And then we got red, red buds. I'm trialing the, the mimosa. I'm not so sure those are going to work out, but for sure, I know the uh, false indigo does. Right. I'm just trying to see how far I can stretch it because of the medicinal things that we can get out of those mimosa when it comes to our uh, livestock and everything. Tree hay and a number of other things. I mean, there is no shortage of what we can do. But everybody's out there saying, stay away from mimosa. Well, I'm going to give it a shot. And it, and I got news for you. For the uh, detractors out there, it's never going to get mature enough to be ever to ever be a problem because I'm always going to coppice that thing. Yep. All right, son, back to me. Okay, he <laughs> says, um, Roman, I guess we'll go back and forth. He says, hello, so reckon hay for livestock is okay for mulch on an instant garden or would the grass hurt, grass seed hurt, hurt me in the long run? I'm sorry, the... Syntax seems a little bit. <laughs> can odd. you read that one again? He's basically saying, um, "Can you take hay for livestock and use it as mulch in an instant garden?" Absolutely, but you're always going to be thankful if you ran that through your chickens first. Yeah, you definitely want to have them go through the, ch- or you could uh, superheat it through compost first. You could do that, but there's always that chance you're going to miss some, and that's yeah. that's not a game changer, but. If you if can, you have your if chickens you ha- go through it first and then into the compost, then that's probably the best option. For well, you. what we normally do is use let the chick. We use it as bedding for the chickens. Yeah. yeah. And believe me, they will go through. I don't care if it's straw. I don't care if it's you name it. If there's a seed in there, those chickens are going to get it. Yep. Um, this is from Naughty Pots. Uh, hashtag tip a pimp. Hashtag catch Jack. Uh, thinking about raising mice slash rats to sell to feed to sell or to feed to my cats and ducks and grid down scenario. Any thoughts already have rabbits and ducks and I sell buns buns like, um, buns. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay. So we'll talk about the rats, <laughs> man. That's a new one on me, yeah. but I mean, Hey, you know what? I mean, honestly, if you have a rat issue out there, there are many a barn cat, believe me, that don't get fed. Yeah. But, uh, I would, that doesn't sound like a bad, like Jeff Lawton had a cat named Salah. Feed them rats something. Well, I don't know. They might figure that and out. At the on time, those cats yeah. ain't even eating the rats. I mean, they're just well, taking the hey, heads Jeff off. Jeff Lawton's of them. cat did that. That cat brought a stomach to the porch every day. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, well, every day, and then yeah. just did nothing for the rest of the day. I mean, there's cats um, that will like at your uncle Lance's place. Man, they was sitting there wiping out every bowl. One, you didn't have to feed them cats. No, ever. That one cat was missing a, a what was it missing a tail? Yeah, and a leg. Yeah, and it was killing squirrels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That cat was getting it done. 
Uh, as far as the rest of that stuff, I'm not sure what you mean about the buns, but definitely. <laughs> de- and, yay, we're knocking on Jack's back door, so check us out on the yeah. Fountain app, y'all. Um, and what they mean by Jack is Jack Spearco, Survival Podcast. That dude's legit, y'all. Mm-hmm. Did a class with him. Uh, it was a real honor. Um, okay, this one here uh, from David. Hey, Billy, my wife, and attended, my wife and I attended your pig processing class a couple of weeks ago. We have a couple of pigs that we're going to be putting in a freezer a few weeks from now, and your class gave us the confidence to go ahead and get four more piglets. Right on. It was nice to see how authentic your family really is. You are a person on YouTube. Uh, You are in person who you are on YouTube, and we thank you for that. Well, thank you so much. I do appreciate that. I mean, um, definitely try to keep it as real as we can. Uh, He says, question, okay, I saw your video on the pumpkin harvest and had a question about squash bugs. We planted some pumpkins this year, but lost most of them to squash bugs. I lost like four squash different crops as well. My biggest problem to address this spring is going to be the squash bugs. We have newish soil and we're building and currently using the chicken tractor on steroids to build compost. Any ideas on how we can combat this? Um, Yeah. So he says he's a little over an hour south of here. At the end of the day, you check out Masanubo Fukuoka's book. And I use that thing. I mean, I, that is one book that's not only so incredibly informative, but at the same time, it's, I mean, the guy was so ahead of his, it's beautifully written. The prose of it is fantastic. He basically, it's not a, it's not a genetic order. It always goes back to the soil. It really, really does. So if you can build that soil, read one straw revolution. You'll be glad you did. You find out that you don't necessarily have a, and it sounds like you're already on top of it. It really comes down to the soil. You build that soil. You put in a lot of diversity. You treat your garden like you do a food forest, like the seven layers of a forest, kind of like what Jeff Lawton teaches. You do that and you'll be shocked at how, at how much, but I'm telling you what, you put poison on there. You start putting seven dust and all this other junk out there. You're only going to set yourself out worse. I mean, it sounds like you have no interest in doing that. But for those that are, I would rethink that. All right. I got another comment. <coughs> Sorry, I got a tickle in my throat. I got another comment from Chuck End. You already know that uh, he's from Australia. Uh, he's saying you two are great. He's uh, from Australia. He's going to be moving up to a farm not far from Jeff Lawton. And uh, he wants to know... Like, how does he how does he go up there and start learning from Jeff Lawton? He can't really commit to an internship or anything like that. Um, Good day, Mike. I've been wanting to say that, man, forever in a day. He said, tip a pimp, smashing it. Tip a bloody pimp. That's English, Dad. Well, hey, close enough. Man. Right. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, man. Anyway, uh, so what I would do is try to get in contact with Jeff Lawton's uh, farm manager, um, there were a couple people that would come in like whenever they could and help, help out on the farm. Like they would help out like with the morning chores, um, working in the main crop, working really wherever we needed help, just whenever they could. Uh, but they had built a relationship with the farm manager and worked it out that way. So I would try to go to his website, try to contact the farm manager, explain what's going on. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the route I would go. All right. We got one from Patricia. Up there in Canada. Man, I love those Canadians. I, I miss going to Canada. I miss going up there fishing off the Queen Charlotte Islands. I miss Vancouver. I miss, oh man, Camp Petawawa. I miss so much in Canada. But she's asking about comfrey. She says, it looks like you're all sold out. But when does the cutting be? Okay, well, we're sold out until like a few minutes ago. We just put more back <laughs> <Yeah>. up. And, <laughs> There's uh, William, a ton up there now. Yeah, William just put up a bunch. A lot of them are 10s. Uh, we did have 50s. We don't. We didn't. We could sell 50s like they're going out of style, but we're not because we're trying to get it in so many hands that it's not about the making the money as much as it is about getting comfrey, making it so ubiquitous out there that we can't sell it. That's what I'm hoping for. I'll know that we've arrived when I can't sell comfrey and nobody else can because everybody has it or knows somebody that they can get it from. So uh, regarding Canada and some of the places, there's a lot of people overseas wanting this. Uh, for Canada, if I remember right, we were we're going to have to figure out something because I remember the ship up there was like thirty bucks. So we'll we'll see what we can work out. Um, we'll um, I'll, I'll, I basically sent your um, email over to Michelle and she kind of handles that department. All right, so I'm back to you. All right. Um, well, real quick, we also well, had another one. Let me let me also hit this because it's on the same thing. Well, hey, this might be the last one because we got a ton more on here. We well, might have to roll it over to the next episode. Well, we'll drive on for a little while. Okay. But anyway, this one from Europe, uh, this one here. Okay, 
He says, just heard you mention on the pimp cast, nephew is fine with me. We, <laughs> I was hoping he said, we got to be, <laughs> we got to be calling you uncle Billy with all the nephews. Ha <laughs> 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 uh, Right on nephew. I'm Dutchie in Portugal. And that's where we'd be shipping to. So let me look into that. I'm going to send that also over to Michelle and see what we can do. Um, I would have hope. Well, we've sent hope stuff to Ireland. Yeah. We've sent stuff to, stuff to uh, uh, London. We've sent stuff before, but that was a different time. So I'm hoping that works out. We'll see. Yeah, that was... Was that before or after things went crazy? Um, it was before. It was? Okay. Um, this is from Flyover Joe. Hashtag tip of pimp. Gents. You are uh, inspiration. My wife and I recently hosted a chicken processing field day for our homeschool group. 15 kids and six adults awesome. attended on our homestead. I can honestly say that each and every one of them are thoroughly enjoyed that day. They each took a bird home and were excited to get in the uh, get it in the oven. Keep sharing in your knowledge and the truth. Christ is king. Amen to that. Yep. Yeah, that's I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And, um, man, I, I'll tell you what, that just gives me all kinds of joy. And that's what I'm hoping also that I can't sell a butchery class because, and that's exactly what this class with Jason was designed to do, son, is to remove us from the equation. Now we got to charge something for it because this stuff ain't cheap to put on. It ain't cheap to make. And, um, so anyway, the, this whole thing, this first segment of a class, whether it's chicken butchery, whether it's pig butchery. The whole purpose of it is, is to remove us to where I no longer have to do demonstrations at festivals, where I no longer have to do demonstrations at the house, where I no longer have to go to somebody else's house and do it. Because honestly, what I'm hoping from here on out is that people buy this butchery program, you get it, you get the head knowledge, you get the work, watch it several times. You can, you got it for life for crying out loud, share it with your family. Share it with your neighbors. I don't care. Yeah. I want the information out there. <laughs> Bootleg it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell everybody. It's like they're saying those Wouldn't rap that be songs. Cool? Wouldn't that be cool? That would be hilarious if we had an issue with people boot. Like if we got on the level with UFC where everybody's stealing their pay-per-views and stuff like that, where that's now an issue. I'm not going to complain one bit, <laughs> no. son, because honestly, I mean, now I'm speaking for me. Jason might see it differently, yeah. but Jason honestly. Jason might be like, what are you guys he's doing? He's like, man, what? Dude, dude what? He's, <laughs> Jason's like, dude, I'll need a new partner. You know, I hope that this stuff becomes so... I remember years ago when I was learning the butchery trade, there was a guy, there was an old guy, he was working for the USDA. He'd come out of retirement, and he was nearing about 80 years old, as I recall. And... It was kind of a messed up deal where you had to provide them a phone, their own office, and a, and a laptop or something. You had to buy this stuff, and they would basically come in anytime they wanted. And usually we couldn't stand these guys when they came by because they would come by. It was just a place for them to come and eat lunch, and they would act like they were doing anything. And half the time they couldn't care. But this old timer, he came in, and I remember him giving quite the history lesson. It wasn't wasted on me. And him talking about once upon a time in Kansas City at that time that every single neighborhood when he was a kid had a butcher shop, every single neighborhood. Yep. And it was, you know, finding somebody to butcher anything was just not a big deal. But we're nearing that time in the United States of amnesia where these, these are dying skills. And we have, whether it was the bushcraft I talked about in the beginning or whether it's butchery skills, whether it's knife skills, look, these things can be acquired and you would be shocked and how much empowerment it gives you when you acquire it. Even if you go out there and mangle it up, just like I teach in all of my classes, even if you were to take that pig, and that's the cool thing about a butchery class like this, is that unlike the ones that you're going to see in most demonstrations, you're never going to see dispatching of the animal. We do all that. We show you how to skin it. And the reason why we show skinning on this is because it applies no matter the animal. We will be doing a demonstration where we also show you how to scald it. So that'll be covered too for the people that buy this. It'll be an addendum. And then in the future, once you get that down, I'm not intentionally holding anything back, but once you get that down, we're going to show you the next step. Okay, now that you have this, how do we do charcuterie? But you got to master the basics first. But even if you were to take that entire pig and turn it into ground, and a lot of people have done that because they didn't really know what they were doing. If you were to take all the muscle groups off that animal, turn it into ground, you were still money ahead. When ground pork, last time I looked in Nashville, was like nine, ten bucks a pound. Yep. So... Your money especially ahead. sausage. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you, if you get just, sausage. If you were to just strip all the meat off the bone and make it a bunch of sausage, you are money ahead. If it weighs, it pays. You cannot lose. <laughs> you cannot lose. And that's what you're going to learn when you... But that's really what I'm wanting to do, son. I want this thing to go so far and wide that I can no longer sell 
my services as a butcher, where I can no longer sell comfrey, where I can no longer sell anything, and I got to find a different way to make a living. That's what I'm talking about. All right, we got one from Samantha. Howdy, pimps. Don't really have a question, but just was curious. You used to live in Leavenworth, Kansas. Well, we didn't live in Leavenworth. We lived in like uh, Tonganoxie and Bonner Springs. And and, yeah, I grew up there, and you guys keep referring to Kansas City area. I was, uh, as well as the military. Just thought it was pretty cool to find somebody in that area. After high school, I moved to California, studied architecture and interior <laughs> design. Haven't been out there ever since. I'm sure you haven't. My fiance are wanting to move back to the Midwest in about five years near Joplin, Missouri area. Stumbled across permaculture when researching uh, aeroponics and uh, hydroponic towers. Anyway, at the same time, I've been on my personal awakening journey and haven't and have been pulled away from dependency and reliance on our system. Sorry, y'all, this is hard to read in here. Um, I don't think I just stumbled onto it by coincidence. Look, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Thank you so much for reaching out, Samantha. And thanks to everybody else for reaching out too. Um, look, here's the deal. It's it's a journey for everybody. Don't get upset. We're not giving the download. I you know I've often wished, man, I wish I knew back in 20 what I knew at 50. We're all going to do that. And yeah, we, we were around that area. So we've, we've been over to some of the same area, but it's always a journey. Well, and I'm going to ask the obvious question. Why Joplin, Missouri? <laughs> Why are you moving to Joplin, Missouri? There's a lot of tornadoes. Well, that's it, not a, exactly a, well, you a, can say that about the people in Oklahoma. So we lived through that May 3rd tornado. And back when we lived in Oklahoma too, well, so and we, we're we, not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> this isn't exactly a tornado tornado alley either, but no, uh, Missouri, uh, really good places in Missouri, especially from a preparedness standpoint. Um, I don't know that Joplin is necessarily one of them, but it's probably not bad. Um, you can find your own little piece of Idaho no matter where you live. So you just stay after it. All right, son, you want to hit one more on the fountain app? And then, well, what's the plan? No, no we're caught up on the fountain app. I missed look. I looked at it wrong. Okay. Yeah, we're caught up. You sure we don't have more? Yeah, we're good. All right, y'all. Well, I can tell you who ain't going to be picking the music next week, and it ain't going to be your mama. Anyway, y'all, that's going to do it for us. Stay alert. Stay alive.